those moments will be lost in time. Like tears. <laughs> just easy, really good, just, you know, vibing with each other. Oh, yeah, vibing. <laughs> vibing all around. Uh, what did you two think about the way that I sent you the film? It reminded me of old Netflix, if Netflix was run by someone who hates me. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Because well, describe to the listeners your experience here. Well, I got a letter in the mail, which is unusual. In this day and age. <laughs> because, as we all know, I have no friends. So why would anyone have me? <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, it was uh, just an envelope with uh, beautiful handwriting on it. Um, and inside was a DVD disc that just said vibes on it. <clears throat> and I totally forgotten that that you were sending anything. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was a little weird. <laughs> it would have been better if you had, like, if you done like some sort of a ransom note like with cut out magazine pieces like right. put in dvd player press play follow instructions or something well incho what was your assumption when you first got it i saw amelia's handwriting so that kind of gave it away and you did ask me if i got anything in the mail <laughs> like <laughs> but like i saw amelia's handwriting and i was just like Oh no. And then opened it up, saw the white line paper and was just like, why isn't there anything written on this? She would have written, she would like have written me something beautiful, like a poem or a story. And then it only had vibes on it. So I was just like, did fucking Billy send me his mixtape? Yeah, I was kind of hoping like, it would be something like, <laughs> so chill. Like I was so mad because I was just like, if Billy's rapping on this, I'm going to, this friendship is over. All of this is done. Mm -hmm. And then I pressed play and then saw Jeff Goldblum and I was just like, of course. Because the film we're discussing today is Vibes from 1988, starring Jeff Goldblum, Cyndi Lauper, and Peter Falk. <clears throat> yep. The next time you send me a DVD, it better be rapping. Hey, yeah. <laughs> or you, Michael. I don't care. <laughs> I'm surprised they let this go between countries. I'm surprised it wasn't stopped yeah. at the border. And then it, <laughs> it, like, taken, it, out, taken it back and exploded in a safe way. Seriously, because it had, like, no... It didn't even have my address on it. Like, no, it didn't have your address on it. So, like, it only yeah, had, like, no Canada return. stamp. So I was just like, uh... It definitely could have uh, been child porn. It's very weird that they wouldn't have checked <laughs> Seriously. It 
Yeah, so this is Vibes, uh, a movie that I saw because I came across the image of the poster online and just knew it was a film that I would fall in love with. It it has those markers for me. It has late 80s. It has Jeff Goldblum. And it ended up being something that I found quite delightful. No, really. <laughs> You can still take it back. <laughs> Neither of you had seen this before, right? No, of course not. <laughs> had had either of you heard of it? No, of course not. Those were the the good times. I, I will refer to them as the good times now when I never heard of it. <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll start with you, Michael. What were what was your first impression upon putting that DVD in the player? Um, uh, when I saw Cindy Lauper's name come up, I cracked up. Uh, and then I got pretty excited when Peter Falk's name came up. So then I turned it off, and because uh, <laughs> that was too much for one. That was an emotional roller coaster. Uh, no, then I didn't. I forgot about it for a couple of days, and then I just watched it earlier today. Man, it's something else, huh? It's, but it's not. I don't even want to make it sound whatever. No, I don't want to trash this early. Because I don't want to make it sound like, oh, this is such a crazy bad movie. It's so terrible. It's really boring. <laughs> like, it's not exciting at all. I actually kind of agree because I was fucking bored as well. Seeing Cindy Lauper's name, I was just like, all right, this is this is going to be some kind of a roller coaster. And then Jeff Bloom, I was just like, this just checks off Billy's yeah. fetish. Um, <laughs> but then I literally, I think I told you this, Billy, like, I... I was bored up until the point of Steve Buscemi. Surprise Buscemi was insane. <laughs> it was insane. Like, I, yeah, like, I was so bored. And I'm just like, everybody's husband, Steve Buscemi? And then, like, I got invested in the movie, and then he never came back, and I was pissed. But there was Llama, so I didn't right. mind. I like to imagine Buscemi was the same character he was in Zandali. He, he just moved. Yeah. <laughs> I, I now have like a secret intention to only choose movies in which Steve Buscemi pops up midway through for no reason. Yeah. Both films really added nothing to the plot, but you know, pleasantly distracting. Yeah, that was like the only delightful part he was about good. it. He was good in that one small. He was part. so good. Uh, I will say, I found here's a positive <laughs> for you, Billy. I thought Peter Falk was delightful. He yes, when so he shows cool. up. Yes, he was a strength of the film, and I'll, I'll agree with you. There was a long intro to this. It was. I. It takes a while to get. I going. laughed for the first time about thirty-one minutes into the movie when Peter Falk was pretending to cry, worrying about his quote-unquote son who was out in the jungle. Slash father. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But when he's like, when he's like, oh, he's out there with the natives and they're shrinking his head, and his head wasn't that big to begin with. <laughs> It's yeah. so funny. <laughs> it's it's pure Peter Falk. I think Peter Falk was like born to play a con man like this. He's absolutely delightful. You know? Yeah. And 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 I think a big part of that because one of my biggest issues, which we can talk about later, uh, more in depth, I guess. But uh, Jeff Goldblum and Cindy Lauper do not seem to like each other at all. They have almost <laughs> negative chemistry. Like Jeff Goldblum seems to be like, hey, I will just bounce my natural charisma back to myself because I've got nothing to play off of here. Like, he seems to do better <laughs> in the scenes where he's, like, talking to himself or off on his own. Because there's, like, not even attention would make it sound interesting, but there's, like, a negative, like, they just... I was getting nothing between them. So when when, when Peter Falk pops well, up... Apparently they really did not care for each other on set. Well, that shows. <laughs> that absolutely shows. Uh, so then when Peter Falk pops up, it gives both of them somebody else to work with 
and he sort mm-hmm. of you know a rising tide lifts all boats <laughs> the expression <laughs> uh, he, he sort of you know he upped their game a little bit so I thought you know I, I absolutely agree the three of them together I think was where the chemistry of the movie came from for me mm-hmm. because they they are all so very disseparate like being eccentric in different ways mm-hmm. I yes. think the only chemistry that kind of worked for me was when they were dancing because I was like that makes sense but then they're so awkward together mm-hmm. that I'm like my, my dick is off yeah, now <laughs> this the i I agree (laughs) the dancing part because one of the other only positives i have is that some of the physical (laughs) comedy between how tall jeff goldblum is and how little cindy lopper is was kind of funny like it not i mean not laugh out loud funny but it was like it was like oh that was neat when he like when they were dancing and then she was up in the air and it was like a pendulum yeah it was like she swung like (laughs) that was kind of funny so yeah, the dance scene yeah. was okay. Um, before we get too deep, I, I guess I haven't really said the plot of the film at all. In that Jeff Goldblum and Cindy Lauper play two psychics. Very casual about psychics in this universe. Everybody's totally fine Very, with <laughs> Very casual about psychics. Uh, they are tricked into going to Ecuador by con man Peter Falk to find the Room of Gold, which is some sort of ancient psychic artifact uh, a lot of really just fur- it's like they shot this using only the pitch like somebody pitched this movie to the executives <laughs> and they were like perfect we somebody was writing down exactly what you just pitched and that will be the shooting script <laughs> that's because there's like everything has very little detail <laughs> like i don't know it seems there's anyway sorry continue this film uh d- it does have a very casual very trusting view of psychics would it surprise you to learn that the original lead of this film was supposed to be dan Aykroyd? uh no it would not surprise no. me no. no not at all it was very hollywood's biggest believer in the actual paranormal the beginning like introducing the ancient artifact and then setting up the very casual belief in all sorts of psychic powers uh felt very ghostbustersy yeah, yeah, it has a vibe. Yeah. He wouldn't have developed it, right? But he 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 was all in and then left the project when Cindy Lauper was cast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so mean! That's hilarious. That's very funny. In, in retrospect, though, I don't know if I can actually see the film with Dan Aykroyd. I don't think he's the right kind of eccentric for it. <clears throat> I feel like it would have been a different film it wouldn't have been better that's for sure but it would have been different so it is hard to imagine him because they're just like i don't know we have we have different views here but i feel like the film is pulled in so many and and this it might be a similar view because it might be why you didn't care for it that much but i think the film is pulled in all these different directions by the different people who are involved with it like all the actors are eccentric in very different ways it's directed by uh, Ken Quapis, who's best known for directing Follow That Bird, the Sesame Street movie. Best known, yeah, in your house, yeah. Yep, yeah. yep. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and produced by Ron Howard. <laughs> that makes so much fucking sense. Yeah. There, there are names in this movie that you would not expect to go together. Yeah. I think we're kind of... Missing out on the fact that this is a movie that, like, 
stars Cindy Lauper. <laughs> it's very odd. <laughs> yeah. It it is. She's not best known for acting. Uh no. What what did you think of her performance overall? Uh I mean she didn't set the screen on fire <laughs> like but <laughs> there were times when she was okay. If she was like if if you got Joan Cusack to play that part with opposite Jeff Goldblum there would have been a little more life in it and probably some actual chemistry because I don't think Jeff Goldblum and Joan Cusack hate each other. So right. they probably would have been. I don't know. She didn't really, she didn't, she didn't amp anything up, but she was like serviceable. She was fine. I thought her best moments were when she had to do like the, uh, uh, when she was channeling the power of that glowing pyramid thing. God. Right. <laughs> like when she was yeah. actually pretty good in that part. I thought her best parts were just when she was insulting Jeff Goldblum. Uh, you know, having Cindy Lauper snap with something like, "What's your problem aside from your face?" It felt it felt just like it it flowed out of her naturally. <laughs> it was fine, but I feel like that's the thing. Like, the dialogue could have sparked a little better with somebody who was a straight up just better actress. Like, I don't think she did deliver those lines well enough for me to be impressed by them. Like, I'm sure she's right. told someone she hates her, their face or something before. But uh... I don't know if this is just like a difference in how you and I read acting as well, though. Cause like I, I think Cindy Lauper had kind of like a a naturalistic performance in the same way that in Switchblade Sisters. Yeah, you thought the main actress was terrible, but I thought that what that worked very well for the character. I think Cindy Lauper was the exact sort of person that sylvia mm. needed to be see here's the thing i don't necessarily need naturalistic acting in a movie about psychics trying to find a city of gold <laughs> with a glowing pyramid and, a and her character has like a spirit that she communicates with throughout the entire film uh and then like a doctor shows up and kills peter falk with a knife and then it's i don't <laughs> like maybe she would have if she had been like a supporting character like a main character's sister in a drama who like tries to tell her to leave her husband who's beating her the naturalistic acting would have like worked but in this i feel like it needed a little bit of spark because ultimately it's like it's like supposed to be or it seems like it's supposed to be because it ends that way uh like a romance like a two-hander between jeff goldblum and cindy lopper and i didn't feel it at all because maybe she was too naturalistic because she was like, naturally, I don't like Jeff Goldblum. So, so my character. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Uh, Angel, what do you think of Cindy Lauper's acting? I actually really liked her. So like Sylvia being Cindy Lauper, <laughs> just taking her out of Staten Island and putting her in this plane of existence. That's all I saw it as. So I was just like, this just looks like a, this just sounds and looks and acts like a Staten Island girl from like the 80s. Like, I don't, like, I don't care about her any other way. Just, you're fine. You're just this. This is just you. Like, she was, she was as natural as she wanted to be. Like, she obviously just didn't want to be around Jeff Goldblum in his shows. But, I yeah. mean... <laughs> I thought she was fine. I actually, like, I like that as a dynamic between their characters. I, I I agree that maybe it doesn't make the romance land in those final scenes. Yeah, no, those final scenes are really rough. 
like them kind of coming together as a couple i like it was kind of like the weirdest back and forth like do you want to be together don't you want to be it's just like please just just fuck it out just fuck it out like (laughs) no one cares after this but yeah yeah i feel like it didn't read like the that tension was coming from the characters because like yeah that's what you want in like a rom-com you want there to be tension you want them to bicker and stuff and you want them to Mm -hmm. like uh interact in that way it felt more like you could see the actors not like like it almost jeff goldblum came off like he was gonna do the best he could but he was annoyed he had to act against her. Like, he didn't respect her right. as an actress. And I also want yeah. to say, like I said, I don't think... She wasn't bad. Like, I was... I thought she was fine. Um, <laughs> but she just didn't... And a big part of that is the movie itself. Not necessarily <laughs> her fault. Because, like you said, it would have been interesting if this, like, normal sort of uh, uh, streetwise lady goes to ecuador and gets wrapped up in all this crazy stuff but like the movie never really digs in and sets a scene like the scene in the psychic bar and the scene in like jeff goldblum's apartment and the scenes in ecuador are all like very clearly just sets in the exact same building like it never really (laughs) there wasn't really anything bringing me into the the there's a lot of like back lot and set work on this movie especially when they go into the caves yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> actually, you know what? they're actually... very obviously going and the ending when they are like on the 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 ruins and the caves and stuff like it's obviously very 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 fake but at least it's a little personality you know what i mean like i don't mind yeah and like that that's the stuff i drool over yeah, <laughs> yeah. So. like that shit was cool and i wish we'd gotten to yeah. it more than like we did like it's kind of more bonkers than... that it was like 50 minutes into the movie before their journey even started. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, the movie's like an hour and 39 minutes. Yeah, we, sp- we spend a lot of time before they go to Ecuador. A lot of scenes set in the museum that Jeff Goldblum works at. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Which, like, <laughs> was that all needed? No, you could very easily have yeah. sent them to Ecuador 15, 20 minutes after. <laughs> But I think it felt like, hey, these would be some really fun backgrounds for scenes yeah. is to just have them sitting in like an, in a museum with stuffed elephants in the background. Oh, you know what scene that I did like with Cindy Lauper and Jeff Goldblum? It was like that one scene where they were like talking about like their childhoods and like Jeff Goldblum like looked at her like she was like the most important person in the world. And I was like, that's actually kind of sweet. And then you just, then you guys all just hate each other afterwards. It's fine. When they're like sitting in that exhibit or whatever? Yeah. Yeah, in the savannah? Yeah, like that was actually kind of sweet. Because I was just like, that's really endearing. Like he's talking about like how he was as a psychic kid and she was as a psychic kid. And then both of them being like, we're going to come together as psychic people and help this kid. Like that makes lot more sense and that chemistry was really good but other than no other than that i really liked i really liked his story about being forced to snitch on a classmate when he was in school because it (laughs) it also sets up the fact that in this universe uh they even believe the kids are psychic very like a principal (laughs) no one doubts it's absolutely insane and you know what? I really liked Jeff Goldblum's setup as a psychic working in a museum where he very clearly, like, had an education that he wanted to use. <laughs> and everyone was just like, no, no, just touch stuff. Yeah, those just touch. Those parts yeah. were funny when the guy, when his boss kept 
Or no, when the dude comes in and makes him touch his fish because he doesn't touch think it's fish. fresh. <laughs> yeah, that was silly. Yeah, went to the cafeteria and just got like a full fish on a plate. Yeah, it was really gross. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I would not eat there. No. Yeah, his boss is the one that gave him a fine howdy do. Yeah, well, that's a fine howdy do. I really felt that that actor is like the one man in the universe who could sell that line. Yeah, it did seem natural when he said it. He was very naturalistic. <laughs> no, but you know what? In another another defense of Cindy Lauper, I actually didn't find Jeff Goldblum that good in this. And Thank I love Jeff Goldblum. But he was struggling hard for a lot of it. He it felt earlier in Jeff Goldblum's career than it actually was. Yeah, yeah, like it's you know it what I mean. Rough. Yeah, it like was if this was eighty four, yeah. I would have been like, yeah, okay. Yeah, it was almost like he was developing his the Jeff Goldblum brand of acting, <laughs> but he hadn't quite hit the right, like tweaked it correctly. Because like yeah. you know he, he he's he's been a great actor since he was since he started like uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers mm-hmm. is pretty early on, mm-hmm. and he's really good in that, right? Um, yeah. So I don't know what it was. Like, there was something... But you know what? Ken Quapis is not a good director. (laughs) I mean, he's fine on TV shows and stuff, right? But, like, his track record for films is pretty... Like, the one you mentioned, the Follow That Bird, that's probably easily his best movie, right? (laughs) Yeah, but, I mean, it's it's added in to the fact that there are Muppets there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, same way that Muppet Christmas Carol is Michael Caine's best movie. Yeah, yeah, the exact same way. Yeah. Mm. (laughs) <laughs> like what are some other hold on i'm gonna look up ken quapis <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure these might be the pair <laughs> no he's good i thought it fits after i saw that he was the director of follow that bird i was like okay that fits for me because both have kind of like artificial qualities to them yeah oh really like, there's I an artificial quality to the <laughs> sesame street movie Oh, God. Yeah, there there's a grounded realism too. Okay, but you know you play it in both parts. Here are some of the films he's directed. Uh, Dunstan checks in. Oh, you serious? <laughs> yeah, the beautician and the beast. That Fran Drescher movie where she's like a hairdresser and Timothy that, Dalton's like a that Russian. That movie was actually kind of good. I don't remember it. It's. I'm bad. sure it's bad. <laughs> I'm sure you're misremembering. Uh, Sister out of the traveling pants. <laughs> License to Wed, that movie where Robin Williams is like a priest and that Jim Mandy from Moore The Office it, and Mandy Moore, yeah, yeah. getting married. He's just not that into you. Oh, yeah, I would say Follow That Bird is easily his best movie. <laughs> and you know what? I would too. Follow closely. By I was going to say Vibes was, <laughs> might take second place. I'd have to rewatch Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants, and I no, won't. No, so <laughs> rewatch Dunstan checks in. That had a monkey in it. This has a monkey in it. This did playing yeah. baseball. <laughs> yeah, I I love the audacity of the uh, the street hustler in that scene. Yeah, yeah, hustling his card game right outside like a paranormal studies room. He really picked a bad poor location. Poor yeah, location. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, Just, yeah, and he's so like offended uh, when the the German psychic just does it offhand. Yeah. Oh, by the yeah. way. Can we talk about that guy for a second? <laughs> yes. He's not actually German, right? <laughs> of course he's not, because it's the worst German accent I've ever heard. Uh, no, that, oh, what's what's that guy's he's name? He's got a crazy name, uh, too. Googly, Googly Ken or Googly... Googie Gress. Googie Gress. <laughs> Googly Ken. Something like that. No, 
Yeah, Googie Grease. Or <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not sure the pronunciation. Yeah, you're heading out of the store. Pick up some Googie Grease for me. I love how casual and indifferent he is in every scene he's in. He's he's casually winning that card game. He casually has a flaming beverage in his hand. He casually stabs a man. Yeah, it was a choice. I I agree that in theory I appreciate it, but I felt like the entire movie is so lifeless that being a very casual, underplayed, sort of psychic slash hitman (laughs) didn't really play as well as it maybe would have if it were to... I honestly think my biggest issue is the direction, because I was just thinking about speaking of the street outside of the psychic convention (laughs) or whatever, how awkwardly staged a lot of it was. Like, when they're Mm -hmm. grabbing cabs and Peter Falk is, like, watching them from across the street and then uh, Julian Sands comes out. It's just very, like, weird. Like, I don't know why they staged the scene that way. There are other scenes, though, that I I thought were staged very well. Like, Like, uh, when they go to greet Peter Falk when they're flying into Ecuador. Yes, that was beautiful. I I wrote that down. (laughs) That that was a proto-Wes Anderson shot. I was gonna say, yeah. Especially with the pan flute in the background. Yeah. Uh, when the first shot of Peter Falk in Ecuador, when he's got that like white linen suit with the hat and everything, he's I was like, oh, you look like a god. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there were a couple moments here and there, but again, like when the confrontation with the the German guy Googly Grease in the the hospital room or the hospital like yeah. hallway, that was very awkwardly <laughs> yeah. staged too. It was really weird. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think the content of that scene overrid it for me because I was just laughing at him's German singing with his mother. <laughs> Uh, I did like when Jeff Goldblum and Peter Falk picked up Cindy Lauper and walked off with her. I thought she did a good job of keep, keeping her body very straight, so it was funny when they picked her up like a plank of wood. So she could keep her body straight, so that's something. Right. She sang that song at the end of the credits, right? She did. Okay. That was a Cindy Lauper song. To be honest, I didn't stick around and hear the whole thing. I actually yeah. like the last song. Yeah, I've had it in my head all day. <laughs> I didn't listen to it. I was pretty much... I got a hole in my heart and it's all the way to China. Yeah, no, I hate the song. Yeah, I'm realizing I'm singing mm-hmm. it. As soon as I saw the credits start rolling, <laughs> I turned this bad boy off. There was no after credit scene where Samuel Jackson shows up and tries to get Jeff Goldblum <laughs> to be in a better movie. Did that happen? No. His character from Long Kiss Goodnight. He's starting an initiative <laughs> of movies we've watched on Film Runners. Yeah. yeah like to talk to you about the film runners initiative you know what you know how i was sort of a little lukewarm on into the night like i liked it but i wasn't like over the moon yeah uh i think i love it now because of this movie <laughs> as like oh so this this is worse <laughs> this is what can truly go wrong if you don't have jeff goldblum and michelle Pfeiffer. instead you have jeff goldblum and cindy lopper <laughs> And Ken Quapis instead of John Landis. Yeah, exactly. And should you have any, any parts of the movie that stood out to you particularly? Um, I hated Julian Sands in this movie. He's so good looking. Though. No, no, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> See, that was really casual too. Like, th- that was part of there being no real tension or stakes throughout most of it. Is that when he shows up, it's kind of a big whatever. Yeah! You know what I mean? Like, I didn't really feel like it was a good enough reveal. Yeah, like half of the time... Like, when he first showed up, I was just like, oh, he's just trying to get, like, the psychics together. That's fun. That's, like, a little fan club. Like, that's cool. But then, like, when he shows up at the end, I'm like, so what 
So what's your end goal? What's what's the thing that you want to do the most? Because I'm not getting what you exactly want. Well, he he wanted to because like Harry thought the room of gold was a literal room of gold that he could make money off of. Okay. Julian Sands like knew it was this like ancient alien power source or whatever it was supposed to be. Dan Aykroyd could explain it to me. So what? So what was the goal of the power? Yeah, they were kind of vague with exactly how. I because I, I I like that they were like, they were like, oh, we can't leave them here alone because they'll have gotten the power by the time. Like, <laughs> like yeah. they were very vague about why they couldn't just leave them. Like obviously, I guess we just needed to know exactly what they were gonna do, <laughs> but they never really laid it out more. Yeah, they're kind of just like, we're, like, no one, and somebody should have probably just placed hands on it, like Cindy Lauper did, to get, like, the creepy power. Well, no, because at the beginning, the guy went insane. Yeah, only Cindy Lauper had enough psychic energy to be able to do that and not, like, die. Yeah. Because she had the help of... Her ghost friend Louise. <laughs> I think she had she had like super psychic power and also yeah. had a ghost friend Louise. No, I'm not saying. Yeah, I'm, I, who I, was I, probably one of the best characters in the film. Oh yeah, easily because she didn't have to be physically. <laughs> also, it was super super obvious after Louise left that she was going to end up seeing Harry. Like, yeah. oh yeah, he was going to be her companion. Or yes. Whatever. That was very obvious. There was no way it wasn't going to end with that, but I enjoyed that it ended with them both looking straight into the camera. Ugh, I was just going to ask what you guys <laughs> felt about that. Because let me tell you, Millie, I had the exact opposite feeling. <laughs> Same, honestly. I, well, see, I liked it because I really liked uh, the sequence where Cindy Lauper was astral projecting. Yeah, that was cool. And then, like, projected over to Jeff Goldblum, and he looks right into the camera, and he's like, oh, hey, it's you. So do you think... <laughs> They're seeing Harry? Yeah, I think at that point, we are Harry. We are all of us Harry. I don't want to be Harry. I didn't really sign up for that. Well, just one more thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's so charming. Yeah. I kind of wanted to... do you think as Harry a... had a glass eye? Or... <laughs> <laughs> as a gag, I just wanted to come on here and pretend that I had only watched episodes of Columbo. I was gonna just be like, yeah, yeah and I really liked it. I was surprised when Donald Pleasance uh, showed up and he, he owned a, a, a vineyard. And then it was really brutal the way he killed his brother in that one. But I mean, <laughs> Columbo definitely saw to the, got to the bottom of it and saw through. <laughs> but uh, I didn't really care enough about this movie to look at Columbo episodes in great right. detail. No, I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm sorry, Billy. <laughs> oh, Billy, did you want to talk about like the woman that died? What? Yeah. You remember when a woman is just killed because Jeff Goldblum throws her out a window? Oh, technically, yes. <laughs> no. Technically, he didn't throw her out. She flew out. She flew, I, I think fell. Might be appropriate. <laughs> like, technically, all of this was her fault. So she falls in that window. She's dead on the ground. They come back a couple minutes later and her body is gone. Yeah. yeah did they plot not, like, threads never that? picked up again. <laughs> I realized no, that they today. never fucking it's explained never that. picked up on. Either she got up, dusted herself off, <laughs> or Julian Sands and the other goon moved the body. But it's like, why would they? Or what? Now hear me out. What? The cops did it. Mm, the cops, cops did it. 
Yeah, Ecuadorian yeah. cops. It happens on film rights. <laughs> Ecuadorian cops. <laughs> typical. <laughs> yep, that's what happened. Hey, remember <laughs> when? Pe- remember when Jeff Goldblum said, "Another man has been holding these panties." You know, I can tell. <laughs> I, I hate the way Jeff Goldblum says panties in that scene, because it just sounds like the way Eric Foreman says it in that episode of that 70s show. Panties, so many panties. Uh, I gotta say, I hate the way uh, probably uh, 100% of the people say panties. It's just a very weird word. Remember when Cindy Lauper did Harry's hair? Yes. <laughs> he did, she did, like, yeah. rolls on him. See, anything with Peter Falk in it is... is is wonderful yeah like when he interrupts them ah the whole thing in the tent when they were gonna have sex i didn't like either it didn't Same. work it was really awkward it was weird you're right they had a much better moment in the museum earlier when they were talking about their childhood mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then the all the tent stuff felt very forced and yeah like jeff goldblum just starts like accusing her of, of like how she said this and she's like oh I, I guess i said it wrong and i'm like yeah i think this is just a, a miscommunication of phrasing right now yeah i didn't you're both still no, good he's, he's kind of an asshole <laughs> yeah i wanted to like rewind it and be like did i miss a big part where she like said something really terrible <laughs> that could have been a very easy misunderstanding because it, it like it kicked off for like no reason at all but then peter falk jumps in at the end and then he's delightful <laughs> Here's a thing, though, that I kind of noticed, and, like, I don't know if you guys noticed, but, like, it was kind of, okay, so the beginning of the movie, Jeff Goldblum is, like, this really big nerd, right? Like, he fumbles his Mm -hmm. sentences, he fumbles his words, he's just, like, this really big geek. And then by the end of the movie, he's, like, supposed to be, like, this super hot heartthrob. What happened in between that? Because... Well, anybody looks powerful holding a machine. No. (laughs) Not Jeff Goldblum. Like, I, like... I don't understand where the geekiness stopped and then him being like fucking Ian Malcolm began. Yeah, it was, uh, there were a lot of like character arcs and scenes and, you know, like comedy and <laughs> adventure were all seemed like they were like, ah, we'll, we'll fix that later. We'll put in something later <laughs> that where you see the difference between blah, blah, blah. And they just didn't. Yeah. Yeah. It felt weird. I agree. I didn't really get his uh, his transition to like a badass by the end. Like a... I was into the look of it though, because he looked like he was like physically disintegrating. He looked really cool, which is something that Jeff Goldblum does well. Yeah, he looked really cool. See the fly. Yeah. Oh yeah. Please see the fly instead of this. <laughs> also, I hated Jeff Goldblum's girlfriend. Oh, the one who was like, "Well, I cheated on you, and you can either choose to throw it all yeah. away selfishly, or just forgive like, me." Like, what is that kind of ultimatum? I'm going to throw away selfishly because you cheated on me. Yes, you fucked like, a hockey player. Like, come on! I mean, good choice, her, but like, come on! She has, she has that confidence. Don't. <laughs> I'm with, you. I'm with you. I don't <laughs> think we're supposed to like her. <laughs> they, they very clearly wrote her as a person we should absolutely yeah. hate. Their apartment, though. Everyone, even Cindy Lauper, everyone here lives in too opulent of apartments. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I want to know what Cindy Lauper does for a living. Probably just goes to the track. Yeah, she seemed to okay. like. <laughs> that's, that's probably where she met Steve Buscemi. He should have been in this movie. Yeah, I want a movie where him, his character and Peter Falk's character just hang out together. <laughs> <laughs> remember when peter falk 
that was like ventriloquist dummying his comatose friend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, I can't see anybody now. Well, we better go. He's not here. That's so good. I also really liked when he was uh, um, when he revealed to them that he'd been lying about his son, and that he was like, "Oh, it's my father." And then he's Jeff Goldblum's like. No, this shirt belongs to somebody your age. And he's like, oh, yeah, my stepfather. He was a school friend of mine. My mom <laughs> saw him in a yearbook and ooh. <laughs> he's so damn charming. Do you think, like, there were lines in the script for Peter Falk? Or do you think they just said, like, go with go it? Go with it. Like, it's kind of a yes and movie at points. Like, anytime Cindy Lauper doesn't talk, you talk. <laughs> yeah. And if you could sometimes talk over it, too, that would be fantastic. <laughs> so was this movie a success, Billy? Financially? Uh, well, I know it wasn't as a movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, no, huge bomb. Oh, okay. Huge bomb. So that explains why we I'd never heard of it before. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I thought that made it prime film runners... Uh, a prime film runner's candidate uh, because I watched it and I'm just like, uh, I, I, I really liked it, guys. This is my vibe. No one's faulting you on that. Lots of people like bad movies. Yeah, happens. if you show us Mr. Boogity again, we might like slit your throat. Yeah, this wasn't torturous. I was just yeah. a little bored, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'll watch anything with Peter Falk in it. <laughs> I'll watch anything again with Cindy Lauper. It's definitely... A strange film. <laughs> yeah. What did, What did you think of the whole pyramid of gold, like the psychic power source from ancient times? Uh, it was too casual, man. <laughs> Everything is way too casual. Like, it's kind of funny that like psychics is existing is treated so casually but then <laughs> everything else in the film is treated very casually too and it's like well i do want you guys to care a little bit about what you're doing or why am i watching it but uh i don't know i didn't really get the pyramid <laughs> i didn't get it i kind of took it that that was like the source of psychic energy in the world and like that's why in the universe of the film there are just like casual psychics all about interesting yeah, that could be it. Sure. And then I don't know if that was supposed to be like an ancient alien type thing or an, an eldritch horror type thing. But Yeah, I mean, they don't really make it clear if it's aliens yeah. or like religious. I, I'm fine with them not doing yeah, yeah, that yeah. because That's it is, it's a comedy. It's Peter Falk. Like... Well, I mean, it's not a comedy. <laughs> it's not really funny. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, it's, yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I didn't need them to explain it or anything. I just wish we had like some context as to why the all the rest of the characters like literally the only one with very clear motives and objectives and stakes was peter falk because he thought he would get rich going to this pyramid but he dies before <laughs> they get even close to it yeah. so then everybody else in there just have very vague like um motivations and it's kind of too late in the game <laughs> to come up with any new ones for them <laughs> but uh but i did enjoy some of the scenes there like i said i really like the shitty sets and <laughs> jeff goldblum talking to himself is good and cindy lopper was good when she touched the pyramid oh you know what else i really liked and I, it stood out at the very end um the score i actually really enjoyed 
Yeah, James Horner. Yeah, it was giving me sort of lighter Blade Runner vibes, kind of, weirdly enough. I liked the mix of synth and pan flute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my god. What do you, what do you think about it, Incha? No, I don't, I have no feelings about, like, the music in this, or the score in this. The music and the score, honestly. Yeah, fair enough. Because... I honestly just wanted to know what was going on half the time. <laughs> I want to meet you halfway, movie. I swear. I swear. I you just need to give me something. Something. Uh, Wait, you know, was it at least in a like you you weren't knowing what was happening next, or just like you wanted more depth I, from it? I, I wanted more depth in it. Like I wanted to. I just wanted to know everybody's end goal. Like I think I even told like Amelia. When she asked me how I liked it, I was just like, I just want to know what everybody was going for. Because it felt like, at the start, it felt like Indiana Jones adventure. But then it went off into romantic comedy. And then it went off into psychic comedy. And then I'm just like, is that a genre? I don't know. But, like, I don't... <laughs> Casual psychic comedy. <laughs> it's, it's, you see, as soon as I heard Dan Aykroyd was originally part of this, it made so much sense. Because, of course, in Dan Aykroyd's world psychics are just a given mm-hmm. like he would feel you didn't need to explain that because of course they're everywhere no you need to explain that well in blues brothers he just threw in a magic car that got charged by being parked <laughs> under a power station or something so he's totally fine with with uh yeah which is fine like i actually enjoyed that like i liked that the the psychic thing was so unremarked upon like at first yeah. it seemed a little too casual but then when he's telling the story about how when he was a kid the principal made it do i was like oh that's funny this is a world where people just you know are fine with their being psychics <laughs> you know what scene they almost definitely just let peter falk do whatever he wanted in when he's <laughs> arguing with that guy over the alpacas <laughs> yes <laughs> absolutely they were just like <laughs> yeah they were like just hang with this guy for a little bit for the alpacas <laughs> so yeah. funny Oh, something I think uh, you messaged me about, Incha. Uh, Carl. Oh, Carl can get it. I love Carl. Carl was like my favorite <laughs> character in this whole movie. Because he Who doesn't fuck say. Is Carl? <laughs> <laughs> he was like the machine gun guy at the. No, not the machine gun guy. He was the guy at the end. He was like oh, the guy who dad, gave. Who he was talking to. Justin yeah. Before. Yeah, like he gave him the necklace and was just like, go, 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 bye. And it's like, I was like, I love Carl. Because yeah. Carl really, did, like Carl has more character development in the like first five seconds he's on screen than anybody in this movie. I did like him. I really liked the scene with him and Jeff Goldblum. And, right? He, yeah. Like, oh. yeah, it was good. Yeah. yeah. I agree. Carl was cool. Carl's cool. Not cool enough for me to remember his name, even though I watched this an hour ago. I honestly yeah. also Michael. Carl he had a it. necklace that said Carl. Oh, did he? Did it say Carl? He did. I had only <laughs> noticed it this time when I watched oh. it. <laughs> like no one asked for Carl's opinions, and then Julian Sand asked for his opinion. Like that's amazing. That's a character development. That's a that's that's mm-hmm. fantastic. Yeah, yeah, I liked him. I'll give this like film an A plus because they asked Carl for his opinion. <laughs> Yeah, if we're grading on whether the film asks Carl his opinion, then yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Check that off. It definitely does. Would Would you uh, watch this film again or recommend it? No. <laughs> <laughs> I was just too... I honestly, I just thought it was a little too boring. Like, nice. I just wasn't... It wasn't engaging me very much. And uh, so no, I mean, no. <laughs> Incha? 
Um, if I was like a lot more drunker and I was going to buy a Cyndi Lauper album after this, then yes, I would watch it again. Other than that, I don't want to watch it again. Yeah, I'm happy. I'm happy I own it. Thank you, Billy. Like I'm happy I own it. You're welcome. No, I've already (laughs) mailed mine back. Next time, no, thank you. (laughs) Mike treated it like Jumanji, in that now he has to send it away to somebody else. Yes, I'm gonna bury it on a beach and hope some (laughs) asshole kids find it. Yeah, but I'm glad you liked it. I'm glad you like owning it now. Yeah, like no, like I'll like if. Next time you are drunk and you want to talk to someone and be like, hey, you want to see a Jeff Goldblum, Cindy Lauper, Peter Falk movie? I feel movie? like I won't have friends anymore. I'm limited on friends right now, Billy. I have you guys and like some other people that really don't want my company. So, I mean, sure. That sounded sad. <laughs> well, I was gonna say how do the people that don't want your company differ from us but then it was so sad at the end I didn't want to say that oh I hate you <laughs> yeah exactly uh, it, uh, I would watch if I ever watched it again which is a big maybe I would skip to the scenes in Ecuador that are Peter Falk heavy turn it off after <laughs> he died and then maybe the Carl scenes. <laughs> and then that's it. I would like super glue all the Cindy Loppers scenes together. Those are so fun. I know everybody hates Lindsay Lopper in this, but I love Cindy Lopper. I'm the only I, I, I'm I'm the only yeah. one who hates her. No, you and I are together on this, Incha. Cindy Lopper was tons of like, fun. She was so like cute and tiny and many. Also, can we talk about like how he like bull handed her ass? and then like they just like coy little smiles at each other and then walks up like no uh, what that's that's the whole turn of their arc (laughs) it was like either we could have a conversation where they grow as a couple or you could just whole hand the ass ken quapis is like film is a visual medium and we can get all the characterization across just for jeff goldblum's hand on her ass just palming it like a basketball (laughs) that's all you really need Look, when I worked with Bert and Ernie, I did learn that. I saw them stick their hand up that puppet and I was like, this is exactly what we need. No! Billy, would you how would you watch this again? I, I, I would watch it again. I would mail it to people I know so that they could watch it. Hidden gem. Some gems are hidden for a reason. <laughs> I have the DVD in my hands and, and it's just shaking. And I'm standing on a cliff, and it's drawing me forwards. <laughs> yeah, go follow it. <laughs> 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 uh, does anyone have any recommendations? Watch are... Jurassic Park. <laughs> <laughs> Just watch Jurassic Park. Uh, yeah, I mean, you and you can watch uh, Dr. Alan Grant dressed in the same outfit that Jeff Goldblum wore in this you one. You don't have yeah. to know that that's a thing <laughs> that happened. Yeah, that's not important to the plot of Jurassic Park. That's not... <laughs> I can't watch Jurassic Park. I haven't watched Vibes yet. That's what my son will say. Yeah. Also watch Columbo, because Columbo's really good. Yeah, that's my recommendation is Columbo. Yeah. Uh, also, I guess Into the Night. If you really want to watch a Jeff Goldblum movie uh, that we've done, I would suggest that. You know, oh, here's the thing. Watch Buckaroo Bonsai. You know oh, how yeah. much I hated that movie? And I would watch it. <laughs> I would watch that movie ten is, times okay. more than this one. Absolutely. Incha, is is this equal uh, white boy nonsense? 
as Buckaroo. <laughs> Did I say white boy nonsense? Because <laughs> I, I, I still believe I it. I don't think you did on the show. I think you did privately. <laughs> yeah, um, it's, it absolutely is what It is, yeah. <laughs> it absolutely is. Like, this is, so, like, Buckaroo Banzai is a white boy nonsense that I would totally want to join in on. This one, I don't want to go anywhere. Go to Machu Picchu by yourself, fuckers. Well, I had fun. So <laughs> what is our next film? Oh, yeah, that's Incha. Incha, oh. what are you picking? I am picking, just because I want to see it again, um, Peeping Tom. Ooh. Yeah, because I know you haven't seen it, Michael. You, yeah, you and holding off. Oh, yeah, and then, Billy, you haven't seen it. No, I haven't. I'm very sorry for you. <laughs> <laughs> Why? <laughs> no, no, no. Like, like, I feel like, I, Michael, I feel like you like it, but... Ooh, it's from the 60s. Okay, but... again, guys, the point of this is not to watch bad movies. <laughs> you know what? I love that we're starting off our new season where I picked an 80s Jeff Goldblum movie and then Inches going to, like, a 60s horror. Oh, we have to copy, like, we have to yeah. copy the beginning style. Yeah. What was the third film we did? Southland Tales. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh hell yeah. You're welcome. Please don't pick any more like hard R's with like Sean William Scott. Like I, I'm good with any other hard R. Yeah. I don't think there are. Any, I hope there aren't any other. Oh well, you haven't seen the Goon, Michael. <laughs> oh. I have seen Goon. I like Goon a lot. He does not. Oh, is it just Goon? There's no thought. It. It's just Goon. He also does not use racial epithets. <laughs> well, let's go through the rest of his <laughs> Oh yeah, American Reunion, he throws down some pretty hardcore <laughs> racism. They, did, they didn't invite him to the reunion. <laughs> yeah, he's really mad. He's commiserating with a bunch yeah. of neo-Nazis. Hey, where's Stifler? Oh, he got real racist. He got real racist. Stifler, Stifler, Stifler.